Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me is the ever-nervous Crofton Steers. Crofton, how's it going? I didn't think that's where you were going, but uh, yeah, I'm always nervous because I always want to deliver a fantastic product for the listeners, Ryan. Yeah, we're excited because this episode, uh, so a bit of follow-up from last episode where I had presented various challenges towards Crofton for his uh, dad challenge 2024. Just randomly, he started challenging me. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't that random. You had done it to me first and, and said, let's do this. And I'm like, well, I guess I guess we should. Uh, and it's a great idea. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, I'm going to be playing through uh, parts of Betrayal at Crondor. And um, mm. as predicted, uh, the community was was very uh, loud in there. Um, and, and correct, I guess, in, in that I was too easy on you, Crofton. Uh, which uh? we should have saw coming because honestly, they thought oh, you were I too easy on me as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they thought that the challenges should be making us legitimately uncomfortable to a certain extent. Although I did see some of the feedback seemed to be within the 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 caveat of what I wanted, like the, the idea of what I wanted that a challenge that was like a challenge. But not, not something that we would necessarily enjoy a lot, but not something that we would hate. Just be like, hey, you got to do this. And maybe that would be funny too. So I saw some people and I, you know, I threw down some stuff last week. I was like, I thought you were going to make me play a Sonic or, or a Sega Genesis game or watch an anime or whatever. Those were all, those were all things that I think people mentioned. Yeah. Anime was on the list, and I just uh, I didn't I couldn't quite form it into something that I thought would be uh, fun and interesting. But um, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the discussion around the challenges, there was also okay. Here's another thing: there was talk of doing a uh, a listener challenge for both of us, um, Crofton. I don't want to. This is not like a surprise un- unveil of you know the listener challenge because um, it was it was you know as of two weeks ago a bit of chatter. There was some ideas thrown out there, and I said, "Hey, if you send me concrete ideas by the time we record Thursday at eight p.m., I will I will put it forward and I will put it into the podcast." But uh, that did not happen, Crofton. I did. Oh, not okay, get okay. Jeez, you built that up. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. That's fine. I feel like you know, as parents, we already got enough. We're challenging each other here. Like sure. we can, we can maybe if this is becomes a thing for next year, we can we can open it up and have a listener write in. But I will say, like the listeners have ample. They had ample opportunity having listened to my episode to just send you messages and say, hey, you should you should. They left you, nice guy Ryan, to his own devices, and this is what happened. They have to live with it. It's okay. And and the the fun thing about all of this is that, of course, the listeners did have their say in that we uh, put both challenges, both myself and Crofton's challenges, to a straw poll after a single veto. And I'm going to open this up. I haven't looked at it, uh, but I, as Crofton told me pre-show, we have a good idea of who won. Uh, but uh, the winner is by OL. 
Uh, what are the two, wait before the, you announce the winner? What are the two for somebody who'd just be tuning in this episode? What are the two challenges that are going head to head? That's true. If you just started listening to Dungeons and Diapers at the episode one eleven mark, uh, so essentially uh, the challenges were for Crofton uh, between stream video games on Twitch and launch your own podcast, aka uh, you don't have move to move out of the here. house. Yeah, but you can't go no. You can't stay here, uh, but you can't go home. I don't know. I was trying. I, I I don't know what to say. But you're right. You have to move out. You got to get out of the basement. You got to get a real job. Um. So yeah, the winner though is uh, the fact you're allowed to stay. This, here's good news, Crofton. You don't have to move out. Sweet. Wait a minute. That 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 means there's bad news. Uh, the bad news is you do have to uh, start streaming video games on Twitch. Uh, that's your challenge. Just to be clear here, I have an entire calendar year to do this. And this is part of the conversation that I think we'll have to, we can have a little bit of it now, but most of it will have to happen in between this episode and next, is to how to uh, mark these challenges. Because you're you're uh-huh. right, like stream video games on Twitch. That could literally mean set up a Twitch account, stream two video games on Twitch. That could be uh-huh. the bare minimum. You do one night with one game and you do another night with another. I I think this needs to be points-based and considering okay. how long Betrayal at Crondor is, we could probably make it fair-ish. Uh, As I mentioned before, Betrayal at Crondor is nine chapters, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So now you could you could make it something along the lines of like a point breakdown for each chapter. And like, like if you finish the game, for instance, like if we're in competition here, if I, I, I would have to, maybe I get one point for each time I stream. Is that, is that a, what do you think? Is that, does that make sense? If you get one point per chapter, the most you can make is nine points for finishing. Crondor. So, so then, then I like to tie you. I would have to stream nine times in the course of a year. Like yes, uh, I That's think what like I mean. it, if you think of um, if you think of Crondor uh, chapters as like how long would it take to do a chapter? You said it. What was it? A fifty-hour game or something? Well, here's the thing: is like I, you know, you can get a guide on GameFAQ. Figure out what the fastest. There's a way to finish chapter one in like I'm sure in like an hour you could be done chapter one. You know, like it, there's there's ways to to speed through the game. Like I took my damn time when I was playing because I was like, but I I'm not sure that that's how you'd play it now. And so if you're speeding through the game, you know, like it it may be possible to finish it a lot quicker than I think. So um, I you know it's it's tricky. I. I, I don't I don't a hundred percent know, but I do think that because it's nine chapters, a, a point a chapter if we're doing points seems like a good way of doing it. So it's more like how many points do I get per time that I stream? Yeah, no, that's true. That'll be something that we'll have to sort out. But I think <laughs> that's something we'll we'll have to sort out in the future. I, I feel uh, like that's probably like here. Here's the uh, the the thing I had for for the points is like yeah, you could do stream one game and that's one point like stream a session per point it's like i was also thinking and maybe this is me being generous but i was also thinking like you also got a lot of setup to do um Uh 
I don't even know. Do you have a Twitch account? You must no. have a Twitch account. You don't have a Twitch account. I like maybe I made one at one point because I thought I needed one to watch Bo, but like right. then I then I then I found out I just didn't. I, I I bet you my email address is. Oh, maybe Amazon was giving away like I had an Amazon Prime and it was giving away something. And if I had a Twitch account, that I got stuff. I do think I might have a Twitch account, but I okay. haven't like I ha- I haven't used it. I don't have a webcam, which I need to get. Uh, so. Uh, there is some logistical stuff that I need to uh, figure out, but I need to get that webcam for my award-winning Dungeons and Dragons podcast too. Or yeah. Defiance available now wherever you get your podcast. I did listen to the first twenty minutes. It's pretty good. Yeah, sweet. Uh, <laughs> I rolled the one. I I remember. Yeah, you did. And I think uh, the idea was that uh, you don't play by Baldur's Gate rules. You you don't no critical. What is it you? No critical fails on perception or something or whatever. No, but. no, like in Baldur's Gate, you roll a one, you roll a twenty. It's an auto fail or an auto pass. In this, it's not. It's like you, you roll a one, it gets added to whatever your stats are, and you may still pass if the check is low enough, right? So, right. for example, sometimes you're playing Baldur's Gate or a game like it. There's five, five difficulty checks that you need a five for. Well, like when I rolled a one, I had five in terms of perception, I think. So my total score was six. So if it had been a five check, I would have passed even with the one, right? Whereas in Baldur's Gate, you auto fail when you roll a one. So Right. Well, all that to be said, I was getting to the point of like giving you uh, like five, like a, like a upfront points just for like getting the setup done, you know, like, because I think that alongside launching your own podcast you're such a softy <laughs> i would give you five points before you've even done anything i'm like sweet no, no. that you've done so- <laughs> like this is the thing like I, I as someone who has set up twitch streams before and as someone who's launched several podcasts there is upfront work and uh you know that's the reason i asked you if you had a twitch account and you said well i don't know i might have one well, right there, you're going to be in a Square Enix account situation where you're trying to recover your account, and you're working with Twitch to try to do that, and there's probably two-factor involved. Like, Oh, God. There's there's going to be... Now, that's the funny thing. is like I can't give you the bonus points to start up, even though there is startup work, because for me, do I get five points for being able to buy Betrayal at Crondor and installing it? I don't no. think so. so no. It has to be you fair. You get zero points. You get no points until you finish chapter one. Right. And for you, you get no points until you've you've done, like, obviously your first session is going to be, feel like the most work because you're going to have to do all that work yeah, to get set up. Yeah, for sure. You have to pick a game. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, and that, this is the thing where it probably doesn't, is, isn't as fun points-based because there isn't a lot of. Maybe there isn't a lot of room for, on my side, for Betrayal at Crondor to, to, for bonus points. But I feel like there is some wiggle room for your side where it's like, you know, maybe you get bonus points if you uh, you take a, a listener suggestion for a game you're going to stream. As opposed to streaming something that you want to play. You know, like maybe they suggest you play some anime games. Trails, perhaps. Or, or a Sega Genesis game. I don't know. Um, so that, I'm open to that as well. Because... Uh, maybe there's maybe there's room for bonus points with Betrayal at Condor. Maybe maybe I'll stream some of it. I don't know. 
I see what you're saying. Depends on what game. Because I figured I had at least the luxury of choosing the games. You do. Yeah, because that wasn't part of it. But I figured if we're doing points, maybe we can have some fun with it where... Like, I just feel like your ceiling, there's no ceiling for the points you can get. For me, it's like, unless we say, yeah. oh, you know, Ryan finished Betrayal of Crondor, and now he's going to play the sequel for more points. Like, there, it's a series. I guess we could do that, but... I'll tell you what. Here's here's how we'll do it. At least at the, we'll start with Betrayal of Crondor. So the mm-hmm. nine point, one point a chapter, like it's really a nine point that you can get. If you get to nine and I'm still – like if you finish the game and I'm still Twitch streaming, doing my Twitching and all of that and I'm still getting points, then we can add on to your challenge. Like we'll add on – I, you know, like – I'll give you another challenge and then and then you can accrue points that way. Cause I feel like otherwise I could just like win by just having no ceiling. And that's not yeah. that's well. not, or maybe or the alternative is that at when I hit nine when we agree that I've hit nine points, it's just a tie and we completed both our challenges. That's true. It doesn't need to be like we can both win is what you're saying. Or yeah, whatever, both lose, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe I'm giving, I'm putting too much faith in us that we're actually both going to do this. But uh, I haven't even booted the game yet. Yeah, and I have def, I don't have a webcam, as I said, which I need for my award-winning podcast, Order and Defiance. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, so we got, we'll we'll update listeners as we go. Again, it's it's February, Ryan. This is like all the way. To December 31st. So, but we welcome feedback from the listeners, like what they think about this. What are little wrinkles we can put on this? How should we accumulate points? You know, and then, uh, and then we're going to get, we're going to get on that. What game should I stream? Do you guys want Ryan to stream his Betrayal of Crondor? Would you watch that? You know, like all of that sort of stuff. So I think there's, uh, we've got some, uh, uh, in the immortal words of Ryan Murphy, we've got some good content lined up. It's true. Uh, and uh, by our next episode, we'll know if Ryan's dodged a bullet uh, when we get reviews for Madam Web. So there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, the lady, uh, Dakota Johnson, I think her name is, who's yes. like who's going around promoting it, seems to hate it herself. So that's always awesome. Yeah, there's a. I think there was a joke on SNL she hosted or was there. I can't. I can't remember. But yeah, I. I um, we'll see, and we will definitely uh, address it next episode when the review embargo lists, because uh, I think it's out. It comes out Valentine's Day. You know, for all those folks that want to go to the movies on Valentine's Day and see Madam Web. Just it is screams. funny. Because yeah. I just booked a babysitter for like not this Friday, but next Friday. Because we're not going to go out Valentine's Day, which is a Wednesday, but we're going to go on a date night afterwards. And uh, I was going to be like, oh, what movies are playing? Maybe we could go see a movie. We haven't gone to see a movie together in theaters for a long time that wasn't like a kid's movie. Maybe we, we could go see an adult movie. And then they'd be like, would you like to see Madame Webb? You go see Madame you know? Webb and I will give you five points. There you go. No. Are we just throwing points out? Can we do that? Can we do that now? We can't do that. I just think Uh, it'd be so funny. You probably wouldn't be married after, but uh, it'd be funny. She's like, this is a horrible movie. I'm like, yes. I actually do think there is a chance 
that Madame Webb is one of those so bad that it's kind of good movies. Like that it's like, like, you know, people watch it or like, it's horrible, but also kind of funny. Cause just the trailer had that, like my dad in the Amazon or whatever people were memeing it left and right. But again, I think that's what people thought Morbius would, might be like that. And then when it came out, people were like, no, it's just bad. Yeah. I did. But then I don't understand why, you would do that with a billion dollar franchise like Spider-Man, like why you would set out to. I don't think they set out to. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just seems like they do though. Um. Anyways, I don't know. I, I think that there are some weird decisions being made at Sony and we'll see if it continues uh, on our next episode, but let's get to the dungeons. Cause I think Crofton is particularly going to love this dungeons section because uh, I will be the first to say it on this episode, maybe not in all of time, but Crofton, you yes. were right. You were right. Sorry, you interrupt. You were right. Crofton was right. Ryan was wrong. Yes. Abbott Elementary is an incredibly hilarious show and... Uh, we didn't give it the three episodes. We we jumped out those three episodes and we're like, ah, maybe this uh, it's not doing it for us. But no, it it meets the 30, uh, yeah. 30 minute comedy. It does it. D- damn right, son. I'm glad yeah. that you came back around and you know just in time too because uh, they just aired their season three um, uh, premiere, which was delayed because of the strikes in, in different things. Uh, and they're disappointed of, about that because um, it, it doesn't align with the school year. Like I guess their two previous seasons had. Uh, and so they've done something clever. They, uh, for their season three premiere where they've jumped ahead five months with the uh, excuse that the documentary crew that films it had their stuff stolen. Uh, and, the, <laughs> and, and so, uh, so, so they're all like catching up on what happened in those 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 five months, which is a very interesting way to do it. But uh, yeah, it's a mockumentary like The Office, and yeah, I I really sat in an elementary school. I think it, it's been a while that I think I originally referred you to it after seeing season one, yeah, and then we saw season two again, and we like. You know, when season two was made available, we we just wait until the end of the season. We got it on streamers and we watch, I think we watched the whole season in like a couple of days or what, or a couple of, maybe, maybe two weeks or it was really, it was really went down really easy and was really good. It is a very quick watch. I I think I can pinpoint the issue that we had with it, especially Ashley. It was, um. It, like it, it is that office style mockumentary, but uh, they leaned very heavily into the the quick cuts and the quick interviews. Like they do a thing, um, especially early on in the season, the first season, where it's like they'll they'll say a joke, and part of that joke is about another person, and then that other it'll cut to that other person doing an interview, and it's like a three second bit, and and you know like oh this person's you know, stupid. And then the other, the person they're talking about will come on camera separately interviewed. That person said that, and then it'll cut back. And it was just like really jarring. And there were a lot of like, you know, staring at the camera type things, like not as subtle as what they would do in the office. Although I think that first season of the office also struggled to kind of find that balance. Um, 
but you know, after those first initial episodes and we kind of gave it another shot, it was, it, it, it really stuck with us and we were, we were laughing out loud. We, we really enjoy it. I don't remember that having the rough start, like the office did. The office is notorious. The sixth episode first season parks and rec was the same bad first, like, or not nearly as good first season, same sort of weird start. But, um, but I, I just thought they kind of hit the ground running pretty quick on on that. Uh, but maybe I, I just don't remember those first few episodes. It's the same as when you're starting anything. You're like, you're getting yes. to know the characters and so forth. But uh, I yeah, I just, you know, and there's types of characters that you just don't see um, on a lot of, you know, other shows I find. I, I find it does a lot like what, even though it's casting well-known actors and actresses, like both um, M- Melissa and um, Barbara, who are the two o- older uh, teachers, were are famous actresses that were in like other things. Like uh, Barbara was in like Sister Act movies or something like that. Like, but hmm. still, unlike like when I was watching The Office the first time, not like now it's it's so baked into everybody's subconscious that the Oscars and Kevin's and all these side characters stick out. But really when that show aired, they were like, you didn't know who these people were. They didn't look like Hollywood actors. They looked like regular people who worked in an office. Um, And what I think is cool in Abbott elementary as well as they look like the teachers, they look like people that would be working at a school. Uh, they, they, you know, even though there are established actors, they, they really like, it feels like this is their breakout. It's also the breakout role for some of these established actors, despite having long careers and stuff. So it's, it's kind of, um, it's cool. And then of course there's like newer actors, including the creator herself, Quinta Brunson, I think who, uh, who does who you know um is the lead but also like the the creator main writer and all of this uh, very like really impressive and it's it's a network tv show too which is funny because like you know where we're so big on streaming and everybody uh, especially the younger generation we Network TV is not like the hot thing it used to be, but this thing still has won awards. You know, it's it's the award winning network comedy right now. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the other thing is I think that we've been so far removed from network television that we don't really watch. We watched one show on network television before this one, and it was uh, was the Rookie, and and it it sort of had similar uh, issues off the bat that you had to sort of uh, contend with when not watching a lot of network television. And it is kind of the way it's written, the way it's shot, and sort of some of the jokes that kind of land flat when you've got, you know, you know, uh, uh, high-end television from the likes of HBO and Netflix and Amazon. Like, it, 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 network television, I don't think, has been able to catch up. Uh, and, and they've tried, but I think Abbott elementary, like you said, it's, it, it gets very close, but I, I think you're right. Like the first three episodes, you're getting to know these new characters. Uh, there are characters that are designed to, uh, be annoying, like the principal. Um, but I think they corrected, like, you know, there's some character growth with the principal, uh, as she, as the first season continues. And then as you get into the second season, uh, a lot of that tension kind of, you know, goes away. 
it's been resolved a little bit, but she still gets up to her, you know, her antics. Uh, but yes. she's, you know, so a- Ava is like Ava, one yeah. of their like one of their like breakout type characters, you know, that you think of when you think of that show. One, one other character that makes me laugh is Mr. Johnson. Yes. And, uh, and, the uh, janitor. Yeah, but what's funny is I never noticed it until they make it an issue in one one episode. Is like, is that you never know what his first name is, um, oh. and I never noticed that. Like, it's just one of those things. It's like it's like Kramer and Seinfeld, where at one point they make a big deal about not knowing what his first name is, and nobody knows it. And then there's a whole episode, you know, built around that. Same thing with Mister Johnson. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but um. No, there's 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 a lot going on in the in the show, and I think uh, one of the last episodes we watched uh, before coming onto the show here to discuss how Crofton was right and Ryan was wrong um, was, <laughs> and because this is an ABC show, it's under the Disney banner. They do like a whole Halloween episode with Baby Thanos stealing candy and everything, and uh, it, you know, there's these there's a mo- there's moments in that episode that was just it kind of felt like one of those. It, that's where the the show really felt like it leaves like sort of that that uh, the, the the stigma of like network television and kind of like becomes its own you know thing. Um, and we're watching it on Disney Plus, right? So it's kind of like right. same as same as us, yeah. You know, I know it's an ABC show, but there were there are episodes that kind of like can make you forget that it's network television. There's a lot like we again we don't watch a lot of network TV. For folks that do, that's great. But like, we have such limited time to watch shows, um, and the thirty-minute comedy really does shine on network television. But there's just not a lot of good yeah, stuff because they can you know? be groaners too, right? Yes, like they can be really, really like, oh man, you know. Yeah. And so, um, and th- I was funny because just thinking about shows, and I'm not saying that this show is a groaner or whatever, but like, like, um. One of the popular network comedies, 30-minute comedies, is The Connors, which is uh, a spinoff of Roseanne. And um, like Roseanne was relaunched, and then she said all sorts of awful things, and she was dumped, but they kept going with the show. Uh, and uh, just the rest of the family, and John Goodman's on it and all this. And it's, it's funny because it's like they've been going for like six seasons and it's like the Connors season six or something. And I yeah. I just don't like it exists in a bubble. Whereas if I watch network TV, I'm sure there would be ads for it constantly. I'd know of it or whatever. But it exists in a bubble that I just don't, you know, I'm like six seasons for that show. You know, like and I think network network TV is still like that. Like it will give you a lot of seasons where streamers are almost the opposite. Like if you can make it to season three, good job, you know. Yeah, well, and I watched, uh, you know, when we did have network television, we watched a little bit of the Connors, and I think it struggles with, you know, that network television feel. Like, there are a lot of groaning moments, but there are some funny moments. But there's there's a – sometimes there's this balance. Like, I think um, one we really enjoyed was um, – I can't remember what it was called. Maybe we didn't enjoy it that much, but it was a it was an ensemble, you know, thirty minute comedy, and I think it was about I think it was called Single Parents, and it was about a group of parents that, um, you know, are single parents and they form this support group at like a like a, a school drop off, and uh, it had uh, uh, Raymond 
Romano's brother from from Ray. What was that show called? Uh, Romano. Everyone loves Raymond. Yeah, everyone loves Raymond. So the big brother, you know, with his deep, deep voice. And and that show, we loved it, you know, and it was network television, but it got canceled after two seasons. I think um, when COVID hit, a lot of shows that were on the bubble, they just made the the easy cut of like, well, we're not going to be filming this again anytime soon. Let's let these folks out of their contracts. So, you know, the 30-minute comedy is hard to come by. There's not a lot of stuff you know, that, that is good, you know, and uh, I think that uh, Abbott Elementary is a great one. I think I will definitely add that to the list. We are not all the way through it. We're about, I think we're just, I guess the second season was longer than the first or the third. Um, so we're still working our way through the second season, but, but yeah, it, it's really good. I, uh, the guy from Everybody Hates Chris, uh, the, the guy who was supposed to get the principal's job, but but is uh, now a teacher. Um, he's fantastic. Like it takes the show takes some time to un- unveil these like layers to the characters and what, you know, gives them a little more depth than just like, this is the super serious guy who takes everything seriously. Um, and then, you know, this is the super nervous teacher. Like they just, they start to add layers to these characters that aren't present in the first three episodes. The first three episodes, I think the, the, the characters are very, you know, one dimensional, uh, as you're, as you're being introduced to him, not to be over, you don't want to be overwhelmed by like, okay, here's what these six teachers are and everything about them. The first three episodes are very one dimensional, but then it starts to, they start to, you know, unravel more and more about, not only these characters, but the school itself. Um, and I think that uh, you got to give it more than three episodes. Like A three-episode rule is a pretty good rule for a 30-minute comedy, but I think this one needs about five, like half a season, because they are short seasons, at least the first one is. Um, got to give it a little more time than, than, than 30 minutes. I think for a one-hour drama, you can probably give it two episodes, but maybe for a 30-minute comedy, you got to up it. It's tough, though, like because you got we have limited time to watch TV. So like, you know, four episodes is a lot, you know, I agree in the comedies. Like for me, it see, I had a different experience in that. I think I clicked with it earlier, but like if a comedy number one job is really to make you laugh and it, and if it doesn't do that, you know, in the first episode, then it's really hard to convince yourself to come back for another episode. Right. So, um, you know that that you know I, I I will I will say that uh, Janine Teagues, the lead character, the main character, uh, had me laughing almost immediately. Like just in in that she's she's a very like earnest, wholesome, well-meaning young teacher who's sort of like experiencing what what it is to be a teacher in an underfunded Philadelphia school. And there's just natural laughs like they came from that pretty quick. But it, 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 I totally – like when you said like, yeah, we watched the first few episodes of Dink Click. I was like, well, if it's not making you laugh in the first three episodes, then I totally understand why you would you would take a walk. But I am glad that you guys came back and you ended up enjoying it. Yep. Yeah. We And really it came down to like – I think I can't remember. What did we – we were watching something on Netflix and we had finished it. Uh, it's sad that I can't even remember. That's probably telling that I can't. Oh, we had finished Sex Education, and we were waiting for. We were looking for another comedy, and uh, we're like, well, let's give this Abbott Elementary a, a shot again. I, I really like Crofton. Was like, 
adamant. I could tell he didn't say it, but I could uh-huh. feel it. I could feel it. He was like, he wanted to say you're wrong, Ryan, and you need to just tough it out because it's a good show. <laughs> I could hear it in his voice, and and it was ringing in my ears as I'm like, what should we watch? And then I can hear Crofton. Crofton, can you give me your best whisper? Abbott Elementary, you stupid dum dum. See, yeah, that's what I heard in the back of my in the back of my head there. No, that's great. It's good also, like, would you get a couple of, like, you know, um, yeah, after party season two wasn't as good as the previous ones, but the idea, like, at one point I had, you know, Abbott Elementary, only murders in the building, after party, uh, and maybe one or two other, like, comedy shows that are coming out. During the course of the year, there's always something. Ted Lasso was another one. You know, like, there's always, there's always something. I feel like now where there's – some of these are either getting long in the tooth or, you know, I I'm, I'm looking for a new one. If someone's got a good 30 minute comedy, I'm, yes. I'm all ears for that. When um, the late great Andre Brower died earlier uh, this year and um, all the sort of Brooklyn nine, nine memes and stuff were circulating. I, I remembered how much I enjoyed watching that show. And, uh, and that's exactly the type of, Type of show that you know I I would be looking for. I don't have anything any shows going on right now, but Ryan, I do have a lot of video games, and um, one game that I've been playing, and I'm at the boss of the game right now is called Sifu. Um, Ryan, do you know what this game is? Is this so? Okay, I'm gonna basically recall it from memory but this is the fighting game where you get old yeah you die your ancestor fights people <laughs> no so <laughs> so you're close you're you know okay. what of what game i speak i have sort of coveted this game for a while but i didn't want to pay full price i actually have a soft spot for like brawlers where you you know and i i really like good fighting systems like the arkham games I really, really like them so much. So I find in those games that when the battle is over and you're doing other stuff, you're almost like, oh, I would like to do more fighting. And I would get into the battle arenas of the Arkham games. I replayed Sleeping Dogs last year, partly just because I remembered it had a fun Arkham-inspired combat style. So Sifu seemed to be like all killer, no filler. The reviews seemed to be pretty good. It mixes kind of roguelike elements with a sort of brawl, a brawler and uh where essentially you're a martial artist that's seeking vengeance and you ha- there's five levels each one with a boss that is a um you know a ninja man like a martial arts master of different styles that you have to kind of take out but it's very souls inspired in the sense that like you can unlock shortcuts in the level and so forth and so on because um, you, whenever you die in Sifu, you age up. Like, so the first time you die, you're 20, you start the game at 20, you will become 21. And then you get like a death counter and your death counter get, which is a weird sort of mechanic that you can lower, will get added every time you die. So like if a boss kills you over and over, like it could be you die and you go up five years or six years, you know, like your death counter can get out of control. So you want to keep it as low as possible so that when you die, you only go up a year or two years max. Now, once you die in your 70s, your character will be dead and it will be game over. And then you have to go back to the beginning of that level you're 
on, but the beginning of that level you're on, you will only be, you won't go back to being age 20. You'll, you'll go back to the age you were when you got to that level. So to, at one point, like to, to be able to finish the game, you have to replay levels to finish them as young as possible. Uh, because it's essentially like your life counter in the end of the, at the end of the day. So when you're fighting the final boss of the game, you don't want to be 70 because if you, if you die once it's game over and you got to restart his level over and over and over again, even if you're like 65, like that might, you, you want to, there's ideal ages for making it to different levels. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's the, and I would say the aging mechanic has given, has been given a lot of attention, but honestly, Ryan, it's garbage. Like it serves no purpose really other than some cosmetic stuff. They never explain it. It doesn't really like for me, the aging mechanic is just some sort of like somebody had an idea in design. They implemented it, whatever. Your guy gets older every decade. He has a little less health, but a li is a little stronger or whatever. So that's, that is not the appealing part. Like if they had given you a life counter for, you know, just said you, you have 20, 20 lives to finish the game and you know, like they can run out and that's that, like it would amount to pretty much the same thing here. So I wouldn't spend too much time thinking about the age thing. What is much more interesting is the actual combat in the game, which at first I had to like, kind of like unlearn Arkham combat and that sort of fighting. And, uh, and yeah, it like any good fighting system, when it clicks, it feels so good. So now I'm like, and there was there's like some defensive stuff in particular that it took me a really long time to 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 uh, get. I will say the second boss um, is where like you you cannot get by the second boss without a, an understanding some of the core defensive mechanics. Now I don't really have much difficulty with the second boss. I fought him a lot of times, but he was a nightmare for me when I first fought him. And it is a lot like that with all the bosses um, that they, they are absolutely the night. The bosses are huge gatekeepers. They're going to, you know, take away a lot of your lives or age you up considerably. So it's important to like not, die much in the levels because you know you're going to be dying a lot to the bosses um but yeah the combat system just feels so good and when you get when you get good at it you have so, such a high level of precision both in your defense and your offensive attacks and they all look so good that it feels amazing and it runs really well on steam deck and the way that it feels in my hand on the steam deck playing just so good as well i've i've been playing it on the tv i i got my xbox uh one controller working with it and i have a ps5 now and i had forgotten like like it is no question to me that I like the Xbox controller more in, in the way that it feels in my hand. But for a game like this in particular, it feels so good. You're just like taking out dudes and like doing all sorts of ninja moves and stuff and really, really um, fun, fun game to play. I use the term thumb candy for games that have amazing gameplay that you just get in a flow state. And this is one of those games. And I recognize I haven't played a game like this recently, a game where I just like the gameplay feels so good. The story, eh, you know, like the mechanics of, of like the deaths and all that, uh, eh. the art style's pretty nice. It's good. But like what is, what is really the best is just how it feels to fight the guys. The downside to this game, I would say is, uh, like, is, is that, uh, 
the 3D camera can hose you, and it, it feels very bad in um, in a period where you're like fighting a boss and they get you and you age up by six years because of some bullshit shot to the face. Cause you couldn't see cause the camera was spinning around cause you were getting too close to the wall. So I, I would just say that, that, uh, that there, the, there's some camera issues and that you have to have the patience. Like there is a, there, it is souls inspired. You really have to, you get rewarded for knowing the levels, the positioning of guys, what people are weak to, uh, it's tr- unlocking shortcuts and then, beating your head against the same boss over and over again. If you didn't like doing that in Souls games, you're probably not going to like doing it here. But I loved my time with Sifu. Um, I don't know how I'm going to beat this last boss. He's he's putting me to the test big time. I may have to replay to get younger still, but uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. This is one that uh, I, I've been interested in. I've, I've watched ever since it launched on uh, PlayStation a few years ago because I think it was console exclusive there and they made a big deal of it and it's um it's something i've always been interested in uh i i just never did pick it up but it's good to hear that it plays well on steam deck because i feel like that would be where i'd probably look to pick it up did you end up uh you might have mentioned it and i missed it but did you end up getting it on sale or what did you end up I did that's what did it for me because i had a pile from christmas or whatever but the, the key was that was Ryan that I wanted a game on Steam Deck when I'm doing the kids' bedtimes um, that I could just like, you know, power on and that it would work like quickly that I didn't have to go through a big load up or like animation or or just remember where I was like a, a not a big RPG like Baldur's Gate three but something that you just would jump into so I wanted something like that and uh, this fits the bill like so well so like you you just you can be in the middle of beating up dudes you hit the pause button you 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 put your steam deck into sleep mode you say clara go back to bed what is it you want okay here here's a glass of water no i don't know where your stuffy is okay here it is okay go back to bed okay see ya and then she goes back power back on beat up more dudes you know like and uh that's that's what's it's really like i wanted a steam deck game and it has it walks that line between a bigger experience and that that Steam Deck only game. I realize I've had a couple of Steam Deck only games, but this one I got so into it that I connect I put it on the dock and I, I got it up on the TV because I really like wanted to give it my all. I will say another thing about this is that it because you're replaying the replaying these same levels, because you're doing the same sort of things, it feels really good. But the audio and all that, you know, like you you don't it's a good podcast game which is something that i don't normally like to say because i like to give my full attention to a game but like i will play this game and listen to a podcast at the same time because honestly you're you're doing the same level you're seeing the same things you're but but like you're beating up dudes in different ways you're getting better every time but you don't need to hear like beyond the first time you hear it, there's some conversational bits i'm like skip skip let's fight you know so that's you know that sometimes you want a game like that yeah no, it's uh, that's really good. I I I know it's been on my wish list for a while, and I'm also the Steam Deck has been sort of uh, you know um, hasn't come out in a bit. I've, I I had a series of Steam Deck games that I was playing with uh, Little Guardian, or it's not Little Guardian, uh, Little Guardsman, and uh, Cookie Cutter, and some other titles as well. So I didn't get. Um, 
I didn't get a lot. Oh, and I was playing Dead Cells. I got a bunch of DLC for Dead Cells because I did get, um, I got a gift card for Christmas on Steam and I was like, what can I buy that, you know, I, I really enjoy, but it's not going to have like a huge, you know, I can buy multiple things. So I ended up buying some DLC for uh, Vampire Survivors and, and Dead Cells. So that's been, that's been, you know, sort of what I've been doing to kind of boot up the Steam Deck every once in a while just to get a quick game in. But you know, you're right. It's it's nice to have those small experiences or or um, not small, but low in, low investment experiences that you can like, I've got five minutes or, uh, you know, I've got a, so, a short amount of time, like an hour. Like I've, I've started to play Alan Wake 2 on PC. We're not going to talk about it tonight, but it, that's an investment. You know, it is a survival horror. You can't save whatever you want. Um, it is a very uh, intense game. Um, and it takes, it's a commitment. You gotta, you gotta have an hour and, and change to, to make some progress. Uh, especially if you're terrible at the combat, like I am, but, um, something small that you can just jump into. And, and even if you want to pause and I, I don't, I don't really play around with the, the steam sleep mode. Like it sounds like you actually use the sleep mode, um, quite a bit but i find it doesn't work often like for the games that i'm playing i've had glitches issues that sort of thing uh but for sifu it seems to work so that's you know like it's not as reliable as is some of the console you know sleep modes and stuff but uh yeah no it 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 worked it worked for that that i there's all sorts of little annoyances with the steam deck like you know like for example, if I was playing a game that was sort of sound dependent, it takes a while to pair back with my earphones, and so like again, like that's I when I'm when it's bedtime, I'm pretty much not playing with the sound. I'm just you know beating up dudes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Speaking of beating up dudes, Ryan. Nice transition. All right, it's that. Look, I just want to warn everybody. I want to warn everyone. It's that time of year. Crofton's going to talk about wrestling. Okay, go ahead. Ryan, did you know we're on the road to WrestleMania? Look, I didn't know until you, full disclosure to everyone at home, uh, spent 20 minutes explaining what you're probably going to explain again about and I and I still don't understand what's happening. So I'm go not going to explain the press conference. We're 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 actually recording this show right after the WrestleMania press conference, which again, WrestleMania is in two months so like they get ahead of things pretty pretty quick but it, for those of you who don't know it is like the super bowl of wrestling which they actually said today because it's in las vegas where the super bowl is happening um this weekend i think they're trying to leverage that but a couple of things i wanted to talk about wrestling for those of you who who listen to this long time listeners know i'm a wrestling enthusiast that doesn't mean i regularly watch it though which is interesting i often will read sort of like websites i'll watch clips when i hear about big things that happen but i'm not regularly watching these hours of shows week to week um so uh but during the road to wrestlemania the period from june to, I don't know, March, April, when WrestleMania happens, uh, starts with the Royal Rumble, ends with WrestleMania. I'm generally pretty, pretty plugged in. However, this year, it feels there's a griminess in the air that they're trying to um, get around, but it's kind of like a big deal. And I did want to take a minute to talk about it, uh, which is that Vince McMahon, who is the founder of the WWE, 
the wrestling uh, w what some people may have known as WWF once point in a time is now WWE. To be clear, what it used to be was a bunch of territories that Vince brought together as a company. His dad brought together and that he inherited and, and took to the next level. But he is being associated with pro professional wrestling my entire life. Like it's it's really been Vince McMahon's thing. There have been competitors. They've fallen, you know, to Vince and all of this. Um, and uh, and there still are competitors. There are alternatives out there. But the big show has always been WWE under Vince McMahon. And there's been a lot of warning signs about Vince McMahon over the years that this guy might not be a great guy. Like, not just the character that he plays on TV, but, like, a lot of things. Like, there was a steroid trial in the 80s. Um, there was, like, just the way that he treated certain people on screen because he controlled the creative of, of things. Uh, there's just, there's you know, there's a lot of smoke, let's say. And, you know, Vince has probably a pretty good legal team. But over the past couple of weeks, uh, there's been essentially huge revelations about Vince McMahon and their recent revelations too, stuff that he did in 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, this woman uh, filed suit against him uh, for essentially, um, and, and, you know, like trigger warning for some people here, uh, sexual assault, but also set, like essentially human trafficking. Um, and uh, uh, I won't go into the details of the lawsuit. I have taken a look at it. It is horrible. Like it is disgusting. And Vince has subsequently been essentially fired because WWE late last year was bought by this company that owns Endeavor, that owns now the UFC and WWE under one company called TKO. And, uh, and for the first time, this is a scandal that Vince can't outrun in the sense that he is uh, an employee of this company. Like, yes, he's on part of the board of directors or whatever, but they can essentially ask him to get lost and he has no way back. Last time something like this happened to Vince about a year and a half ago, he managed to get back. This time it looks like it's done. So all this to say, Vince is under this, you know, he's he, there's likely going to be a criminal investigation. There's a chance that he goes to jail. You know, I, I, my experience with rich people is that they do not. Um, so I wouldn't count, count on it. But all this to say, it's really disgusting what he did. It's disgusting how people turned a blind eye to it. Um, and it really affects my entire legacy of watching wrestling. And I'm totally cognizant of that. And meanwhile, uh, the new regime is trying to say, hey, we're a new company. This guy doesn't work here anymore. We have nothing to do with him anymore. Um, and they're trying to wipe, you know, wipe him out of existence and move ahead with their most hype period of the year, which is WrestleMania. And they have some uh, – The Rock um, that has come back. It, and uh, Ryan, do you still hear me? Yes, you cut out a bit there, though. Yeah, my foot, my foot hit a cable. Um, <laughs> Are you podcasting on like uh, you know tin cans and string that you're? No, no, no. I got my mics plugged in. What do you think? I got a wireless mic. Oh, you kicked your mic. How do you kick your mic? I pulled the wire. My fit. My foot got caught in the wire. It's fine. It happens to all of us while well, you, but you know. 
Yeah, when you're getting excited. Um, so so yeah, like so now they're they're into this period, this this most hype period of the year, WrestleMania, under a new regime with this dark cloud hiding uh above, and um and it's difficult, like it's difficult to separate my my enthusiasm for what is the best on-screen product that there has ever been in my time of watching wrestling like it is booked uh, that's what you call like scripting the cards and putting together the matches and determining the winners and all that it's booked in a better way the the, the promos which are that when people have the mic and stuff like that are are more impassioned, better presented, better speakers than it's ever been before. The matches are better than they've ever been before. It's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan, except for this horrible other thing, which can't be ignored. So I lead with that to say that I'm absolutely not ignoring it. Um, and it's something that is, has, is, you know, um, I'm watching how they, they handle it. And I'm still not completely convinced that there won't be more of a house cleaning in WWE with some people, including Triple H, the main booker, who is Vince's son-in-law, um, getting, getting, you know, getting taken out. But in the meantime, um, there's a lot of people that didn't want to work with Vince that have now come back to the company. There's a lot of, uh, great stories, uh, going on and, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, this I think I think I'll just stop there on on the uh, I you know there's about three major stories that I want to talk about including uh, the story of Cody Rhodes uh, one of their their new big stars um, who has a family history with the company he left he founded another company he came back the Rock the biggest Hollywood star in the world arguably who is now back uh, but also a board member of the of this new tko company and uh how that's affecting like his on-screen character uh and then of course roman reigns your tribal chief the head of the table the uh the essential long-running uh champion uh and cousin of the rock there's just so much uh inter interweaving real life and fiction uh under the cloud of this vince stuff CM Punk, who quit the company, was never to return, sued them in court, is back, you know, gets injured right before WrestleMania. They have to readjust the card around him. You know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that have, have been going on in the world of wrestling. It's an exciting time, at the very least, to get to get the news. I'm almost more into the outside of the ring stuff than than what actually happens between the ropes. But uh, yeah, it's an inter interesting time. It, maybe if uh, if the poll had been start a podcast, I could have started a wrestling podcast. I'm sure there's no wrestling podcast that already exists, Ryan. No, I mean, I, I really don't think uh, that's, yeah, no wrestling podcasts. No wrestling podcast where the main host is uh, called Crofton. That's probably a better way to, to phrase it. Crofton number one wrestling podcast. I could, I could, I could just like, hey, so I could just stream on Twitch and like talk, right? Like I could just talk about wrestling and just like not play a game. That just chatting category has always got like tons of people in it. Well, the challenge is stream video games on Twitch. So I mean, God damn it! <laughs> you you could you could you could. Uh, <laughs> You could, you could have like 
you could be one of those folks that uh, that plays games, but you know your face is the main screen, and then the little postage stamp is the game you're playing, and then you know you could say you're playing League of Legends, but really you're just chatting about wrestling. <laughs> you know that's that's funny. I'm like seeking my League of Legends team. They're like, what is yeah. this guy doing? And uh, and I'm like, so. Cody is the son of Dusty Rhodes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say to the listeners, because I know that we, you know, have a very dedicated audience. If they do not want to hear about wrestling, let me know because otherwise uh, I'll probably be back with more on this exciting road to WrestleMania. I, th- I think there are folks that listen to this that like, are fine hearing about wrestling. I'm fine about hearing about wrestling. I, I will admit, like, I, uh, my experience with wrestling is, uh, my cousins were big into wrestling. So growing up, that was sort of my experience is that whenever I was at their place, they would watch wrestling. And I never really got into it, but I played the video games. I remember, um, there's a specific one, like I have these memories. There's a specific one on N64. It might have been like WWF Warzone or or uh, I can't remember what it's called, but on 64. Yeah, there's a specific one on N64. Yeah, it's it's either it's either No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000. Uh, maybe, maybe unless yeah. it was unless it was WCW. In which case, it if it might have mm. been like a Hogan one was who was no. on the cover. I don't. I I remember. Would it be too? Would it be too early for the Rock to be in it? No, no. The, those were the Rock. Rock was in uh, WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy. No Mercy is considered like, you know, people will call it the greatest wrestling video game of all time. It was developed by this developer called Aki A K I, who is um who who does a very um a very sort of methodical style of a fighting game. Uh, and some people just like, they really, really liked it because the wrestling game started taking a more arcadey kind of feel. And they're right. only moving back to that kind of style more now. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, the, the, that the wrestling, even if people didn't like wrestling, like you may recall, like the Nintendo 64 was not a, a system with that many games to its name. When there oh, was yeah. a new when there was a new game that came out, people were trying to give it its due shake, you know, due shake. And when it came to uh, to WWF No Mercy, like that was a good wrestling game. And so even people that weren't necessarily into wrestling were like, "Oh, I really like this game," you know. So yeah, I'm looking at it now. It was definitely WWF uh, No Mercy, and I like I can my brain remembers the rental store in the small town of it was probably it was either Napanee or Deserano. And I remember, I think it was, I think it was Napanee and it was like, there was like a second floor. You went up to the second floor and that's where they had the video games. And I remember getting, we never owned WWF no mercy, but we rented it. And honestly, thinking now back to, you know, my parents renting these video games, um, I don't really have like an understanding of how much N64 and and all that games costed because we always got them either for Christmas or birthdays or we rented it. So uh, obviously renting was was the way we would go and, and we would rent this one all the time and uh that was sort of my experience with 
wrestling. So it was it was through that specific video game, likely no others, and it was just that era. You know, as we, we were we were kids. You know, summer video games. Everybody has a wrestling game that they like. I for some reason WrestleMania X eighteen on the GameCube. I think was like. It, because they have the wrestling games got big into this thing where like you couldn't interrupt animations. Like if I was about to give you like a, a big finisher move and a third player came in, they couldn't really disrupt it until the animation was played out. And uh, I remember WrestleMania X 18, like you could just interrupt moves left and right. So somebody would hit their big finisher. If it was too slow, a third player could run into it. It was great because the GameCube had four controllers and you could just have all these crazy matches. I had a really good time with that game as well. Wrestling games like are a whole thing in and of themselves. Um, I will say that looking at the cover of No Mercy here, both The Rock and Triple H are on it, and they were both involved in this tre- press conference today in different ways. Um, this game came out on November 17th, 2000, and it's 2024. And so I point that out only to say that that – one of the things that's so crazy about wrestling or so interesting is just the history um, and the characters and like, like unlike comic books where the characters never age or never change, this is that same sort of thing, except they are getting older. They may leave, they may come back, they may be different. They may be good. They may be evil, but the, the, um, they, it doesn't erase what they did before and people will reference things that happened years ago. And for long time viewers in particular, there's like, there's payback there in the story. Um, and so, uh, so it's very interesting and they definitely mix more than ever reality with fiction, uh, particularly family tr- families and stuff. Um, there's a lot of wrestling families and, 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 and now second generation, third generation wrestlers, um, that people may have watched their parents on TV uh, and uh, now, now see them like Rikishi, who was a, who was a famous sort of like wrestler around the rocks time, a big sort of sumo style wrestler. His twin sons are like the most decorated tag team of all time uh, in, in, in wrestling. And so like, uh, and, and they're, you know, all cousins with The Rock and like there's in real life. And so there's a lot of when you blend in that history with 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 real life people and, and you write it really well, which they are now and they don't always do. Uh, it can be really, really com- compelling stuff. And of course, they have like, you know, just the I talked about it last time we talked about wrestling, but the whole superhero element of it. They they have their big entrance songs, they have their costuming, they have their finishing moves. Um, that you know, like in in when when scripting a, a, a wrestling match or, or plotting the beats of a wrestling match, like you can get sometimes I think there's no way they can get me. Like, especially I'm at what's called a smark, which is a smart mark, like somebody who a mark is a fan and a smart mark is somebody that kind of knows what goes on and how they plot out these things. And, and so when, when, uh, when there's a match announced, I already generally know who's going to win based on what the story would dictate. I'm like, okay, so this guy's going to beat this guy because he's going to move on to this thing to do this. Right. So it's hard to generate legitimate suspense 
in the when I'm watching the match when I know who's going to win. But they they've been doing a great job of it lately. Like I've been well, the final two in the Royal Rumble was Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, and both of them had a legitimate legitimate chance of winning. And so I, you know, they had me on all the false finishes and all of that. I was like, oh, this is so good. So um, so yeah. Anyway, I'll be back to talk more on the road to WrestleMania. But now, Ryan, let us take the road to the diapers. Yeah, let's talk about our topic this week, which we usually tease at the top of the show, and I don't believe we did. So for those that uh, don't look at the show notes uh, and uh, just want to be surprised as we uh, talk through this episode, our topic tonight uh, actually comes from the Discord there was a great uh, discussion that was brought up by, I believe, uh, Korath in the Discord. And we're going to talk about birthday parties, um, specifically kids' birthday parties, hosting them, attending them, the dynamics of when your kid's birthday falls, uh, all that fun stuff. And uh, sort of the core of the conversation started off, and sorry, uh, Croft, I didn't mean to, to trigger you there by saying core, but... Um, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, so the, the, it started off with this. It was basically like, you know, paying for a kid's birthday, uh, is it fine for, um, you know, is the, is the host expected to pay for the party? Can parents chip in? Um, that sort of thing. And Crofton, I think like from the experience of folks in the discord and yourself as well, the idea is basically like, you know, if you're hosting, you're kind of, you know, footing the bill, and then in exchange, your kids, your kid is getting probably a gift per kid you invite. Like that's sort of the math there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's just one of those things where it's like it's unfortunate, but like, I mean, if you are inviting these kids over to like you know to celebrate your child, then essentially. It comes with like stuff and that stuff, I mean, just seems to be creeping up. Like I remember when I was a kid, I actually really look forward to this. Like I go to a party and even though it wasn't my birthday, I would get a loot bag on the way yeah. out. Like, and uh, I was always like, Oh, what am I going to get in my loot bag? And let's be honest, Ryan, the loot bags was full of crap. Like it was just like, it had maybe rockets in it, like the, those candies and maybe it had a lollipop and like maybe a little, like dollar store toy or something. I'm not sure, but they weren't like, they weren't like it be all end all things, but I was always excited to get them. And often the birthday parties I went to when I was a kid, and maybe this is like growing up more in the country was, I just went to somebody's house mostly. And, um, they would have a party and it would be decorated and there would be a cake and maybe we'd have pizza or whatever. And we would all play as friends there for a certain amount of time. There wasn't really much planned out. And then there would be cake, uh, you know, cake. We would get our loot bags and then we would get picked up. But I feel like nowadays it's like everybody's got to plan out the kids' birthday parties a bunch. And that often involves going on events or activities and like you can rent all sorts of rooms in different places, and all of them cost a ton of money. Um, and I know that there's like some level, depending on how much you're invested in this like competition of like, oh, what did so-and-so do for their birthday party or this and that? And like, um, so it can be, it can be stressful. And I, I will say like, so Clara's birthday party is in April, which is 
I mean, not around the corner, but Jesse and I were talking about it today, pretty much because I said we were going to do this topic tonight. She was like, oh, we should start thinking about Clara's birthday party. I was like, Clara's birthday's in April. She's like, yeah, but things book out. I think she wanted at the trampoline park. I'm like, the trampoline park? And so we went on the website, and sure enough, they've like booked up every weekend in February and March. So like we have to, we're lucky we're looking now because April's still available. But we looked at April and we priced it out. And like to book it, you need to have a minimum 10 kids and it's $40 a kid. So it's $400, if my math is correct, to book the party there. And that's like, I mean, like we're going to have to, I think that's going to be a deal breaker for us. But um, but like any anywhere you book a party, there's like a big cost if you're going mm-hmm. somewhere now you know and it's uh it just feels like it's good getting more and more yeah no i think if you do the experience birthday party there is obviously like the idea that the the parents hosting are are, are my, that's been my experience that the parent hosting it is is gonna foot the bill and you're right like those experience birthday parties whether it's a bowling alley or like a play place or a movie theater where they have the package deal of like, Hey, you get the experience, whether it's bowling or movies or, or an hour at the play structure. And then it's like a pizza in, in the party room for gifts and sort of stuff. It is like, you're looking at, you know, it's a package deal. You're probably looking at, you know, depending on what it is, probably 200 to 500 bucks. And, um, personally, when I think, uh, when I think to how we've done birthday parties for our kids is uh, it's mostly our kids are still pretty young. Like I think they are starting to get to the age where they are asking to have get togethers with their friends. Like we just had our very first sort of play date for Abigail, like first for any of our kids where someone, uh, one of Abby's friends came over for a few hours and it was planned and the, and the mom, you know, dropped the the kid off and they they hung out for an afternoon and 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 I think it was I said to Ashley, that's the first one we've ever had. You know, that's it's the first experience we've ever had. For birthday parties, like we we usually just do the family thing and then maybe we'll go somewhere with with one of their friends, like say, Hey, meet us at I think for Cadence we did a we did a play place, but we don't usually do like the package you know, and we haven't done loot bags, but I know the kids have gone to a birthday party where there are loot bags. But personally, like I, I think there's probably like for us, it's always been about a balance of like, you know, I, I don't want to spend $500 on the birthday party. I'd probably rather see, you know, a better chunk of that go to, I'm not going to spend $500 on gifts for my kid's birthday, but like, I don't know. You kind of want to have an experience, but you don't want it to be like, man, that experience costs way too much money. You know, when, when we were kids, we would go bowling, we would go to the movies, you know, but it was a smaller experience. Even that, Ryan, like if you were to do that today and like rent the movie room or like there's movie rooms at the theaters or just pay for everybody's ticket at the movies, like it, or or take them bowling. I went bowling the other day with the, it was the first time we'd done it as a family and we went bowling at a local bowling alley. You had to rent the shoes 
it's like seven bucks per person per game, which isn't, you know, so, so bad individually, but then three bucks per shoe rental, you know, so you're at like, we were at like just the four of us as a family, 40 bucks. And then it's like, if we had, you know, like it would, and then, then there's like food that you get there, whatever, all, all told, like those activities are expensive now. Um, you know, everything is, everything is expensive. And I think you did touch on though, the amount of kids makes a big difference. Like, so for example, Clara, uh, my, my younger one who's still in kindergarten is still kind of at the age of like, I want to invite everyone in my class, you know? And, um, up until recently, there's been a few of those where, where like we we just done it at a park, like a local park, you know. Hey, everybody from Claire's class, come to her birthday, and we'll we'll have pizza or whatever. Like, or if you have a a younger kid, you'll have pizza and snacks. And I honestly think that's about the cheapest and most fun thing that you can do because you don't have to clean your house, you don't have to decorate, <coughs> you just go to a park. If you have a summer birthday, spring birthday, fall birthday, maybe you're lucky. You can do that. You get a bunch of pizzas. You get some. You get some cake. But as as she gets older, and it like as you know, definitely with my older daughter, then it becomes like you're only inviting your friends or a few friends or like a certain amount of people. So setting the number of people that can be invited, I think, is is super important like because giving your kids parameters being like look if you want to do the 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 movie theater thing you can but we're, we can only bring like three other kids or whatever yeah. but if yeah. you want to invite your entire class then we can just do you know they can come to our house yeah oh yeah Actually, yeah that's a bad that's a bad example they can't come to our house don't do they that. can go to they can go to ryan's house no and that's the thing is uh I know when Caden and Abby were uh, like in kindergarten, I think we talked about this, like they would have like the whole class type parties. And I always thought that was crazy because it's like, I get that you're in kindergarten. And like, if you say, oh, who do you want to invite? Like they might not be able to name names, but so you invite the whole class. That's just bananas. So we we've we've done like a lot of family get togethers. We usually do. So for Caden's birthday, and I think next year is going to be a little different. I think Caden is going to want to have, you know, a gathering with friends. We didn't do it this year, but uh, we went bowling with my family. And uh, and I think we just had like a dinner with Ashley's family, you know, and, and that was that was good. They they enjoyed that. But we did we did some stuff. We did some stuff as a family for their birthday as well. But we haven't we haven't really done like the traditional you know, kids birthday party, but I know we're getting there, you know, like when, and we're basically waiting for them to, to ask for it. They haven't really asked for it yet. I think Abigail is in a weirder position. Like when we talk about like, you know, uh, positions of birthdays, Caden's birthday is, you know, a few weeks after Christmas. And I know you can probably relate to this as well. Like, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it, but like, it's so close to Christmas you know, from a kid's perspective, it's not two days later. It's like forever later, three or four weeks. But as an adult, it's like, man, we're just coming off Christmas. We're just getting back to work. We're getting everybody settled at school. And now um, we have to, you know, it always sneaks up on me, uh, Caden's birthday, because it is so close to Christmas. Um, and I, I find that, you know, it, it affects it a little bit in terms of the planning, you know, because you're just you're just so overwhelmed by Christmas. 
I mean, like my birthday's December thirty first, so uh, and my brother's birthday was Jan- January third. Uh, so it's just like we were even, you know, like even much closer to Christmas than like I can only imagine what it was for for my mom. Like you know, she pretty much has to immediately shift gears into that. I think in the end, what happened was I. Like, you know, no offense to my mom. I kind of got hosed a little bit for my birthday. Uh, like it was it was often mixed with my brother's birthday or it was moved into mid-January so that people could actually show up. Uh, and kids don't understand waiting that long. Like they're like, my birthday is this day. So, but yeah, but we can celebrate it any day. People aren't available that day. So it definitely date is is a key and the season is a key. And all of these things, depending, like Gwen is late August. That is a great time to have a birthday party and uh, a birthday. And like, we have so much available, like that whole park thing. I said, that that's a, a Gwen thing that we can easily do. We do stuff in our backyard and like can take advantage of that space for her birthday. Um, when we have kids over, uh, Clara is in April and you know, no offense to April, but it kind of sucks. So, uh, like, I mean, figuring out what the activity is. Last year, we we booked one of those, like, big money indoor rental type activities. And so, like, for you, for Caden, it's, like, same deal. It's, like, you're in the – you're really in winter. Like, you're, you're going to be doing an indoor activity. Um, and so uh, it's either got to be at your house or you've got to go somewhere and spend money, right? I, I will say that um, – my friend uh, rented uh, – say, like, that dichotomy I, I made of, of you either do it at your house or you rent uh, – you go to a place, like a movie theater or, a, you know, whatever. Like, you go somewhere and you rent rent a spot. There is a third option, which is that you can often rent um, – like rec halls or, or different things, community centers. There's, there's some near our house and my buddy rented like a room essentially for his, his kid's birthday party one time. And it was really not expensive, like to, to rent that room, um, get in advance. They had to plan it out, but then they decorated that room. And instead of having everyone in their house they just had a bunch of people in a fairly large community center room and people were like kicking around a ball and doing different stuff so i mean there are ways if you're creative yeah oh 100 percent. and i think that i think for our kids like if they came and said like okay i want to invite x amount of people to my birthday like i know eventually we're going to get to the point where they're going to ask for a proper stereotypical you know kids birthday party and we will have to make a decision as to like how that would work. And and really, you know, you're right. If it's Caden's birthday in January, it's somewhere else. And we just try to make it work, you know, cause you know, winter, the house is here. Be like, it would just be a madhouse. but for, for Abigail, she's in the summer, but like summer birthdays pose a whole other issue as well, because like we haven't really connected with the parents of the kids that abigail and them are hanging out with at school like they have friends at school but they haven't had like a lot of those outside of this initial sort of play date that abigail's had so because she's out of school school is a really uh easy way for for you to say like okay who do you want to invite to the party and let's start you know sorting that out through you know connecting through the school you know 
uh, through you talking to your friends and and having them contact either myself or or your mother. And because Abigail's birthday falls in August as well, like because we don't have those connections, like well, we haven't Abigail hasn't talked to her friends in months. We haven't talked to her friends' parents in months. So we'll just do a family thing again. Like I feel like I'm describing us sheltering our kids a little bit, but I know, I know they're going to have those connections and it's just a matter of time before it becomes like, okay, I want to invite, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, five, 10 people. And it's like, well, okay, that's a bit, that's a bit crazy. But I, I have dropped Caden off at like some birthday parties where it is like six or seven kids from the classroom and, and they are just hanging out at someone's house. Uh, and I, I know Caden's been to a few of the, like plenty of those. Abigail went bowling for, for one of his, uh, her friends, uh, uh, parties. So, you know, I, they've kind of experienced the whole, the whole gamut of it, but like loot bags, they've, they've gotten some loot bags, but it really is just like kind of like a small packaging of, of candy, which is fine. I think like that's, that's, that's a perfect loot bag. You know, it's like Halloween and January or August. That's the best part of the loot bag. I think for the kids doesn't need to be any like small little toys or anything, but, but yeah, like we've had like a kind of like all over the place experience with, with birthdays, but for our kids' birthday parties, it's mostly been family. Now your kid, your oldest obviously is a little bit older and and has a stronger connection with friends at school. Like has Mm -hmm. she had like proper birthday parties with people coming over and all that? Oh yeah, like the past, the past few, I'd say, like she's nine, like since she's six, at least I, th- I feel like it's been, we we haven't had just family birthday parties for quite a while. Even Clara, who's who's younger, she has a lot of friends, but we do live in a neighborhood in a city fairly densely where it's not overly complicated to have people over and that sort of thing. So, and the question also becomes with kids like of that age is like, do you drop them off or do you have to stay? Because I I will say that I absolutely hated, and I think I've talked about this on this show before birthday parties where you essentially go to a stranger's house because they're your kids, friends, parents, and you've kind of got to stay there. You know, like, cause I, I, I know that I, I remember some parties Gwen was invited to, I think she's like four or five and like, there's four maybe. And there's no way I could leave. Like she would lose it. She's like, you know, and, and um, I would just be there and there'd be other parents that were there. And sometimes the worst of that is if the other parents know each other, cause sometimes they do. Or, or like, and you don't, and you're like, oh, God, this is awkward. And you've got to kind of be there the whole party. Um, so, yeah, that's not fun. But I'm in, we're in kind of a good spot with parties now where, like, both kids can be dropped off, which is, you know, like, which is which is pretty nice. I, I do find that... Um, that in in general the 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 pain for birthday parties for me comes more from organizing our kids birthday parties than it does going to birthday like bringing our kids to birthday parties is like now kind of a break for us i'm like oh i can you know kids away or you know they're being babysat they're being taken care of by another family and i don't worry my kids are well behaved in those situations i never worry that they're going to be like it's i'm going to come back it's going to be a disaster so yeah just leave them that's good but when it's 
a party that we're planning, like, you know, I will admit that I've been caught up in the like, oh, trying to do a big scavenger hunt with multiple stages. Like one year, Gwen was really into spirit, the horse shows, uh, riding free. And uh, we got like, Jesse got all these hobby horses for the girls to ride around in. And there was this, we made this giant scavenger hunt and people on the street still talk to me about the spirit riding free. Cause all the girls were like riding their hobby horses down the street with me playing the music from the show, looking for clues and all this sort of stuff. Like it was a lot of work, uh, but it was really appreciated. Everybody loved it, which is great. But then it's like the following year, what are we going to do this year? You know? And um there's a lot of things that, that come back. Like every year at Gwen's birthday now, we do a water balloon fight, which is um, easy to plan for and organize and stuff. So you get traditions within within things. But the whole organizing of the birthday parties and planning it, it's like it, it is tiring. And I do appreciate like, you know, I have two kids. But if you have four kids, like think about it like this, Ryan. Uh, you have like, I don't know, 17 kids. Uh, but when you have like Halloween or Christmas or Easter or Valentine's day, these are days that you have to kind of plan for or think about like, what are you doing with your kids? Like what's going on? Uh, birthdays are an extra day on your calendar that you have to like do a lot of work for. Like I'm, I'm making it sound negative, but cause it, birthdays are fun, but it, it is a lot of, it can be a lot of work for parents. So if you have like four kids or whatever, three kids, you've got three days during the year that are added days. And like, that can be a whole weekend. That weekend can be your, you know, if say Abigail's birthday is on a Sunday or like that week and you're celebrating it on a Sunday and then all Saturday you're organizing it. You know, you're, you're decorating, you're buying stuff or what it takes up your whole weekend. You, the birthday parties often will take up and maybe the weekend before you were doing stuff for it too. Like it, it's just, that's the, I, I feel like, you know, I almost want to claw it back a little bit and maybe that's just me. It just feels like it's a lot. Birthdays are kids. Birthdays are a lot on the parents. Yeah. I mean, I know, um, Ashley will, We'll ask, uh, we'll ask the kids like, okay, what theme we'll always say like, what, what do you want to do for your birthday? But what theme Caden wanted to go bowling? Uh, he his theme was space. Uh, uh, our, our tradition is usually like a, a homemade, uh, pinata. So sorry, kids, if you're listening to this, but Ashley will sort of like get a bag of Halloween candy, uh, and sort of save it, um, for, several months later <laughs> for for Caden's uh, pinata in January so October candy in in January and we'll make like a homemade pinata just out of like cardboard and decorate it up and and the kids kind of that's the tradition like every every birthday the kids get to pick a theme i think uh we've already started is this is the other thing about having multiple kids in birthday parties is when inevitably when you start talking about what do you want to do for your birthday the other kids start like oh well i want to do this it's like well right now we're focusing on Kaden. your birthday isn't until march your birthday isn't until august you're also skipping over dad's birthday which is very rude uh and <laughs> you can tell who's who's telling the kids um you know but izzy wants to do like i think she wants to do princess peach themed 
So she's got a Princess Peach dress and she wants to do everything uh, Princess Peach themed and and Princess Aurora as well. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, I can tell Ashley can hear me talking about birthdays because she's texting me to remind, oh, don't forget, we also do to, do a balloon drop outside the door. So outside of the kids' bedroom, so at like 10 o'clock when we we're re- getting ready for bed, Ashley would say like, oh, we forgot to set up the balloon drops. And I would have to go upstairs, blow up a bunch of balloons and like kind of like get a plastic sheet above their door and then put put like a, a bunch of balloons in. So then when they open the door, it triggers the balloon drop and it's like, yeah, birthday. So that's what we do on their like day of. But um, like all of that could easily be ported into like the traditional, like, okay, have some friends over. But I, I fully admit like being in Canada, a four season, you know, country uh, or region of the world. Like if your birthday is in the summer, you have a lot of options as to where you can go. Like Abigail's really got it made in an August birthday, even if she is outside of that realm, being able to connect with friends at school, uh, to, to have birthday parties, but January, March, you're, 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 you're staying indoors, you know, especially this year, we didn't really have a winter. Like usually we would go sledding for Caden's birthday and I, we didn't have the, we didn't have the weather, but, uh, but yeah, we usually ask the kids what they want to do. And and most of the time they might want to have like one or two friends, we're kind of lucky in the sense that, like, I don't know, Kate and Abigail don't want to hang out with their whole class. They'd rather they they could mention one or two or three friends that they'd like to hang out with, and it's fine by me because it 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 keeps that balance that I that I personally would like to see with our birthday parties is like, let's do something fun. Let's not break the bank. Let's let's uh, there's no loot bags, but like we'll do a pinata so everyone gets. So I guess there is a loot bag there because they. We'll have Ashley will get little baggies that they can fill from the candy that falls and everyone. It's gotta be fair. We do that. We do that too, actually. That's a good that's a good idea. That a replacement loop bag. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets them involved and and I think uh, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any incidents where someone, you know, takes a a, a broomstick to the face because they, they couldn't wait their turn for for <laughs> for for hitting the pinata. We have talked about um there's another way of doing uh pinatas which i think is you know less fun but less chance of someone getting hurt and it's like uh you know when you draw straws like shortest straw has to you know uh uh i don't know make dinner i couldn't think of an example of when you would draw straws (laughs) that's a bad example like who who has to do the dishes or who has to do laundry like we draw straws no that's not true um anyways it's like with the pinata you have a bunch of strings and like one of the strings we'll pull the latch to, to open the door and the candy will fall out. And there might be like six or seven strings. We have thought about like, again, in the winter months doing the string pinata, but the kids liked it. They like, obviously they like to hit the pinata and make it, make it uh, explode with candy. But that's sort of in our approach is more of like a balanced thing. And in terms of like, uh, like dropping the kids off at a birthday party, I, I think Ashley and I have a differing sort of approach to it where for me, if I'm taking the kids to a birthday party, I'm like, well, I'm dropping them off, you know, like they're going to have more fun if the adults aren't hanging around. And, and I know the, I know the people enough that I'm comfortable with the kid being dropped off, but like, I don't know them enough where I'm like, okay, you go play. I'm going to go talk to, you know, 
so and so's mom and dad, right? I know, but yeah, uh, yeah, I know, but you end up in situations where, like, with young kids, you have to, you know, you true, have to true. be, you you have to be there, like, um, with your kid. It's like it's I'm not choosing to hang around, and you know. At the party, I'm just like, ah, shit, my kid's too young. I can't leave them here. And they would have a meltdown as soon as they step out the door. You know, they want to be at the party, but they want me there too. The yes. other thing is my wife doesn't drive, so I for sure am the one driving to the party. Um, but that is not as – it's not as big an issue as it was as a for us because we're sort of past that phase. But I do appreciate like all – any listeners who would be like in that situation now with young kids, you know, Uh um, there's nothing worse than being at the party of like, cause also you, you know, I think you're pretty safe in saying that your kids are probably not going to be still friends with the friends they're friends with in kindergarten. Try saying that five times fast um, in uh, when they're adults. So like you're their parents of their friends from kindergarten. You're never going to see again, like after kindergarten, forget that, you know, um, so, so it's like to, you're like, so, uh, how's it going? You know, it's, it's yeah. just, you just, it just feels like wasted social energy to a certain extent. You know, like I, I almost feel like pulling up my phone and be like, sorry guys, I'm, I'm just going to go on the discord, you know, talk to my peeps. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, but now, now it's great. Like Gwen, Gwen will be dropped off at parties or she can walk sometimes, no, mostly we we drop her off, and then there's and, and Clara same sort of same sort of deal. So we're in a we're in a good good place now. But I appreciate that those those who may might not be. Either yeah. way, Ryan, birthday parties. I mean, like it, the, I think that we're our own worst enemies with regards to birthday parties. Like setting, you know not getting into like some sort of competition with other parents or not like getting into a situation where your kids feel that the only good birthday party is like a big money birthday party at the trampoline park or something. Like you said, as parents, you kind of set those expectations yourselves. So like, you know, you just got to be mindful of that stuff and, and, and try, try to make it as easy as possible on, on you and your, your significant other, because you're, your kids are probably going to have a good time no matter what. Yeah, no, that is a hundred percent true. And I, and I think, uh, as we always say, when it comes to these topics, it's going to differ kid to kid and, you know, your experience with your kids, friends as well, and how they handle birthday parties. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Abigail's gone to a birthday party where it is like this big thing. And it was like, they had a, they had an air castle and uh, a petting zoo. It was like, it was like a scene out of that happy Gilmore birthday party, a little more subdued, but, but still kind of like comical and like the amount of stuff they had. And Abigail came home and was like, that was a lot of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because there's no way we could do (laughs) anything like air castle. Sure. Like we could rent an air castle, put it in the backyard. And we have done that, but like, petting zoo and all that fun stuff. It's like, that's not happening. We have a free zoo in town. You can't touch the animals, but we can go look at them, you know? Uh, and I think it's, it, it, that's, that's part of it as well as like, you know, enjoy the parties you get to go to. And, and we always try to involve 
the kids in some way when we're planning the birthday parties uh, and asking them what they want. And for Isabel, who's turning four, like she's old enough where she's like, I know I want a princess peach and a princess Aurora themed birthday party. Uh, but it's, it doesn't go past that of like, what do you want to do? Do you like, or who do you want to have there? It's probably just going to be a family gathering. Right. But, um, but Ashley does a really like Ashley really takes the lead on birthdays. Like for Caden's birthday, she, uh, she made a cake, a homemade cake and it was space themed, double layered. But the way she did it is, uh, the, I don't, I don't I can't remember how she did it, but maybe it was three layers and like the bottom two layers, she kind of cut the center out. And then like after baking the cake and, and whatnot, she put like a bunch of candy in the middle. So there was like this surprise and Caden got such a kick out of it. He loved it. And it's all he's talked about since is just the fact that his cake had like, it was all homemade, you know, but we've gone to birthday parties where they, they do the extravagant, like $200 cake, like fondant out the wazoo and it's like mermaid and unicorn themed and it's like this double layer and you just bite into it it's like man it just tastes like sugar like that's all i can taste and it's like great we got to deal with this you know and and i think like there's just a wide range of how birthday parties can fall and uh uh it, it you're right it's a weird one to navigate you you want to say you want to manage expectations, but you don't want to be like, I don't know. You're right. Like we talk about this every time. It's like, how can you cut back? You know? Um, <laughs> so I, but for birthday parties, I feel, I feel weird about saying we need to cut back on birthday parties. Christmas, sure. Easter, fine. Halloween, whatever. But like birthday parties is like this personal thing for your kid and you, you want them to enjoy it, you know? Do you think your kids compare their birthdays to each other yet? Or like, you know, like, cause that's hmm. the thing, you know, Izzy obviously still too young, but maybe Caden and Abby. Cause like, I, I'm like at the point where I think Gwen and Clara, like the one thing that saves me maybe is distance between the two. But like, yeah. I'm starting, I'm starting to think it's like, you know, Gwen got like I I know with pinatas, Clara's asked for a pinata distinctly because Gwen has gotten a pinata, and you know, April's not a great pinata season. No, but you just have yeah. Um, I think like for our kids, they don't compare sort of activities. They will in the moment say like, "Oh, well, Caden got to do this, so I want to do that." Really, lately, it's a bit about gifts. You know, like uh. I, Abigail got like this little $30 video game system for Christmas. Cause she asked for one because I got the, the Ambernick RG 35 XX for father's day. And she's like, I want one, like I want a video game system. And so I said, well, we'll get it. You know, we'll get it for Christmas. And then, you know, she got one for Christmas and Caden's like, well, I kind of want one. And Abigail's notoriously bad at sharing. So I said, well, your birthday's coming up. So we bought him one for his birthday that's the biggest one for us with our kids it's it's mostly about like you know you know this person got that okay put it on your birthday list it's like okay i'm gonna get it for my birthday and and that's sort of what it's been like there hasn't really been a lot of comparisons between like activities and stuff because like the there is that traditional follow-through of like you know we have ashley will make a pinata homemade cake some sort of theme and uh family gatherings you know and and then you know the kids are able to sort of in inject their own ideas into that whether they want to 
do a specific activity or or have specific friends over and stuff. So like they don't really compare, but they are spread out a little bit. I could see us having an issue when when Isabel gets older because you know they're only two months apart, Caden, Caden and Isabel, in terms of the where their birthdays fall. So maybe we might see that, but yeah. There's also the boy and girl of it all that I don't have to deal with, but sometimes the flavor of a boy party and a girl party might be different, you know? So uh, for Gwen and Claire, it's very, they like the same things. It's very similar, you know? So maybe there's, there's that will make it easier, but either way, birthdays, Ryan, lot to think about. Uh, uh, Thanks to Derek for starting the Korath, for starting the, uh, the conversation in the discord and uh, for bringing an interesting topic that affects us all. Yes, for sure. It was a good one. And I, it's funny. Like you, you'd mentioned like, well, what, what has happened recently? And I know we had that great chat in discord and uh, about birthday parties. And I thought, Oh, well we just had a birthday, you know, Caden just celebrated. So like we can, we we're pretty chill for birthday parties. Like I realize, like just through this conversation, like my years of experience with the kids going to birthday party, we're pretty chill. Like we don't do like the big birthday parties because we know eventually we are going to have have them. But my my biggest memories as a kid of birthday parties was like uh, my uncle owned a bowling alley, so we would often have birthday parties there. You know, and I and I understand that it was. I'm assuming and hoping it was at a, either a discounted or, or, you know, family free rate or whatever. Like I, I feel like it was, you know, an inexpensive way for us to have a, have a birthday party. There was the bowling alley and the movie theater right next to it. So yeah, I, I, I have a lot of fond memories of, of those birthday parties, but uh, yeah, the the kids have a good time. So that's the main thing. Make sure your kids have a good time. But uh, yeah, birthday parties. This is this feels like one we could revisit. I've thought a lot about this as well, like about revisiting topics as the kids get older and obviously the family dynamics change. Um, and this is one that we could easily return to in two to three years and, and have new experiences to discuss. So um, put this one on the revolving list of topics because I feel like we come back to it. Birthday parties 2.0, that sort of thing. All right, Crofton, that's going to do it for uh, the diapers and this episode. Quite the journey from challenges to WrestleManias to to birthday parties. I mean, it was a long and winding road to WrestleMania. Yeah, true. I'm going to take your word for it. Uh, Although it's funny, like as we were as you were talking about wrestling, I saw that The Rock was was trending, as you said, it just happened and. I saw the clip and he was he was talking very angrily towards Triple H. Not very happy with that man. So No, um, I know it's I tell you, Ryan, just like date of re- time of recording, I, I ended that press conference full hyped and then came into the show. So uh so I'm sure the fallout is just happening now, and I look forward to updating you all for weeks on end on Dungeons yeah. and Diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're not a WrestleMania fan, but you like The Rock, he's going to be back for Moana 2. So. Moana 2, which yeah. looks like might be half-baked. It was supposed to be a TV show. They're turning into a movie. Really? Can you say, desperate? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, the the uh, the It was a TV show for Disney+. Plus. 
and oh. they're pivot they're pivoting and turning it into they're like coming this year Moana 2 wish did really bad for us now we need a hit movie uh Moana 2 turns out and I did not know this that Moana and again this is from a well-informed dude on Twitter so take that with a grain of salt uh <laughs> You know, like, but Moana, Moana was the most streamed movie across all platforms last year. Um, huh. and, and so Disney's probably like, oh, we want some of that Moana money. And, uh, and this is it. Like, they had already, they're already working with The Rock to make a live action version of Moana. That's in production. So while that's happening, now they're doing Moana 2 animated version which was to be a tv show for disney plus so it feels like they're really and they, they don't have lim manuel miranda coming back who's the the songwriter of hamilton moana and encanto like and i'm a huge lim manuel miranda fan so i feel like they couldn't get him because it was too quick to turn around and stuff. I was joking on Twitter how, how the songs for this one will be, you're still <laughs> welcome, you know, or how how much further I'll go. Uh, you know, they'll just be slightly tweaked, but whatever. Uh, let them surprise me. I, I hope it's good. I love Moana. Yeah, Moana's great. Uh, I... Uh... I guess Disney was doing a bunch of they they've gone back to the sequels like they're not doing original stuff they're like they're Frozen 3, Toy Story 5, Moana 2. It's a bit ridiculous <laughs> when you kind of think about it. It's because Ryan the um last their their original pieces have just been bombing. Like uh, right. so their their last originals was Wish and then before that I think it was Strange Worlds or whatever like the the which I very much enjoyed but bombed um and uh you know like their originals have just been tanking and so they they're like give me some of that frozen money you know uh they they uh they, they're looking to to write the ship and yeah so they're going they're going hard hard on sequels and well we'll see you know they like money um but uh i like moana and uh, i can always smell what the rock is cooking so we'll see we'll see uh We'll see what's good. Maybe maybe there'll be a future item on this show. Now, maybe. please, wrap him up, Ryan. Will do. All right. Visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Although I'll say this, the best way to interact with this show is on Discord. Go to the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash tgidiscord. Join the conversation in the Dungeons and Diapers channel. Uh, and yeah, I guess if you're still on Twitter, uh, you can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at DND Cast. It's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Hope you all enjoy the road to WrestleMania uh, with a confused Ryan and an overjoyed Crofton. Have yourself a great couple weeks, and we'll see you soon. Soon I'll have my Twitch handle in there. Oh, that's right. Is it going to be twitch.tv slash flashblade i don't know <laughs> you don't even remember what it is i'll have to figure it out i'll unlock it i maybe i'll need authentication oh dear well square enix eat your heart out it's happening again if you smell what the croft is cooking oh can you i have to edit that out i feel like we can get sued for that no. No.
no. parody. It's parody. It's all good. I have to edit that out. Come on, Ryan. Is that what you think, Ryan? It doesn't matter what you think. That's The Rock. Right. That's good writing, though. Ryan, is that what you think? It's just loud people yelling at each other. I don't. I. I don't get it. You need to shut your mouth and know your role, Jabroni. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. And we're d- we're done now. <laughs>